Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Tuesday, June 27th, 2023, and this is episode 445 of the Lost Project Podcast, a daily look inside our journey to live outside the systems of control. And it's a Tuesday morning coffee with Brian. How are we doing today? How is everyone? Ah, sipping a little Ethiopian this morning. It is fantastic. This stuff, man. I was I was telling yesterday about how much uh, how much I enjoy this Ethiopian uh, and uh, how well it, it roasts up to that light roast. I think it, the bean is just made for that uh, that light roast on it. So, good morning, Josh. How we doing, Renegade Busher out there? Um, yeah, what do we got to talk about today? We have uh, the inaugural episode of Tin Foil Tuesdays. I'm excited about this. Um, well, yes and no. Yes and no. I, uh, I've, I've kind of laughed at conspiracy theories my my whole life. I've I've gone down the, the rabbit holes. I've looked into them. Um, I've believed some of them, and I've perpetuated others. But uh, I don't really talk about much of it on the show, but in the in the in the channel or in the chat over there, the Telegram chat, we're always messing around and joking about the conspiracy theories. And so, eh, why not? Why not? Let's take uh, take one day and uh, no topics about my life or what we got going on. We will dedicate Tuesday after the the two main segments. We will be talking conspiracy theories, and usually. I think I'll probably do one topic. I will do um, do one topic and kind of hit the conspiracy theories surrounding that uh, that are out there and popular. Any uh, any feedback from the the viewers as we're talking about them, we'll we'll talk about that, discuss it, uh, and then if I happen to have a week where you know the topic only has one or two and it's just not going to fill the time, maybe we'll uh, we'll toss around some others. But if you have any uh, any major conspiracy epicenters that you would like me to talk about, uh, feel free to email them to me at info at the or hit me on Telegram or any of the other socials. Just send me a message and let me know what kind of conspiracy theories you would like to talk about. Um, I'll give a little preview today. We are talking Titanic conspiracy theories, uh, not the not the stupid little submarine that went down there to look at it, like old school Titanic, because uh, some conspiracy theories I found around what happened and how it sank and maybe even if it sank. So, uh, get some of that down. Last night was nice. Got down to, um, I don't know, like sixties, low sixties. Uh, it was nice. It was 80 plus when we, um, when we shut the lights off, went laid down to go to bed and, uh, it was kind of warm. Still kind of humid, but uh, with some fans on, we made it through the the warm, yucky, sticky stuff. And uh, overnight, it uh, was it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. When we woke up this morning, it's nice in here. Got all the windows open, and uh, not for long. Not for long. I think we're going to end up having to close things up today, run the air, and um, the next few days. Next few days. I think you said next through the weekend. Yeah. Highs over the hundreds, and uh, yeah, it'll be fun. 
be fun. It's not like I have a bunch of outside maintenance to do or anything on the on the camper. So trying to figure that out and uh, probably be doing those things in the morning, even though the morning is going to be sticky and hot and muggy. But it is life. It is life for sure. Oh, let's see. We got uh, this morning. We're going to do the perfect cup question and uh, the history segment. And then, like I said, roll into the conspiracy theories. Uh, Tinfoil Tuesday's got a new uh, little intro made up for that to go in about halfway through. And yeah, maybe some maybe some surprise accessories. All right, let's stop this coffee off. And we're up at five minutes. We will get into that perfect cup question and get rolling with everything. All right, here we go. All right, it's time again for the 107th edition of the Perfect Cup, a daily question and my thoughts. Join the discussion in my Telegram channel. That's t.me slash lotsfeed. That's t.me slash l-o-t-s feed. Every day I post a question Monday, Sunday through Thursday, excuse me, and, uh, and circle around and pick up the comments for the show the following day. Every Monday through Friday morning, we talk about the question, we read the question, read the answers, and have a little discussion about it. And then I pull that out and publish it as its own standalone feed. If you want to follow The Perfect Cup, head on over to Spotify, search The Perfect Cup Podcast, and be sure to follow. The Perfect Cup question today is, if you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, which one would it be? If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Good morning, Canadian Farmstead. Glad you joined me this morning for your uh, your namesake segment. I guess it's not namesake, but uh, whoever uh, whoever came up with the idea, I think, might have been you to spur it. But that's coming up in a little bit. Right now, the perfect cup question. Let's get to the answers. If you could only watch one movie for the rest of your life, what would it be? And I sat here with Corey. I sat and I thought and I thought and I went back and forth. And um, yeah, I really landed on my my actual answer. And I had to I had to come up with an answer because it'd be a cop out to, to say this. But I believe that my actual answer is uh, if I could only watch one movie for the rest of my life, I probably wouldn't watch any. Like, I don't think. I don't think I would pick one. I would just say, yeah, I'll just figure out something else to do. I don't think we watch, we're not big enough movie buffs or uh, watch anything new ever. We all, we watch reruns of movies all the time. And halfway through, I'm already doing something else, daydreaming or contemplating something. It's just a, it's a time suck. So maybe it wouldn't be such a bad idea, but uh, I guess if I have to pick one, if I have to pick one, I almost landed on Full Metal Jacket. That was right there. It was kind of like the the big wheel was spinning and the, the little the thing was ticking along and it, it and then it just turned and went to the good old standby. The one movie that I can put on no matter what mood I'm in, when it is during the day, what's happened, and I'll laugh. I'm gonna go with Talladega Nights. Little Ricky Bobby, little Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. So. Your first, your first Talladega Nights, your first. You'll never be last in my heart. <laughs> oh, 
should we do Corey next or Corey last? Do you want to be last or you want to follow up? Corey uh, also struggled with this. She thought about it all afternoon, all evening, and this morning she came in with um, a good answer. A good answer. And she went. She went with something. The same reason I was going Full Metal Jacket um, was the the comedy. There's comedy. There's um, drama. There's action. Uh, she went with uh, Shawshank Redemption, which I thought was a very, very, very good movie for uh, if that's the only one you will watch for the rest of your life. Morning, Blakesley Acres. Nice of you to join in. Um, Josh, the Renegade Butcher. <laughs> he immediately put this one out there, and I was very impressed. Um, Josh's Groundhog Day. He would <laughs> would watch the same movie over and over, inside the same movie over and over. Uh, Groundhog Day. James from Gingerbread Farms weighed in with uh, Blast from the Past. Is that with Brendan Fraser? Is that blast from the past? Yeah, Corey and I don't know movies that well. I'm, I was like looking down this list of movies, going, "Man, if these are the the classics that people are going to watch for the rest of their life, man, I am I am missing out because I don't think I've heard of most of these." Uh, blast from the past. I think that is with Brendan Fraser, uh, where he was <laughs> frozen or when he was in the in the nuclear fallout shelter. Could have been a totally different movie. Anyway, Kyle says silver lining playbook um, and hashtag that gay walker. So I have to assume that that's something that his dad and him watch quite often. Canadian Farmstead weighed in with the man who knew too little. I've heard that title. I don't believe I've ever seen the film. Uh, Mona, Mona came in and it was in English this time. She did not, she did not throw me uh, a German movie or anything like that. Mona said she would like to watch, uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And she said it was filmed all at the same time. So that's just one movie. I mean, getting it in on a technicality. I think if you get the trilogy together, that's gotta be about like nine hours worth of, uh, nine hours worth of movies and stuff. Can't can't imagine it's much less than that those movies are long as shit uh i've tried to watch um i've tried to watch them and multiple occasions and i don't think i've ever gotten through um gotten through them but that's just me i'm just not a movie movie guy good morning martinson family how's it going canadian farm said man said man who knew too little is hilarious and uh yeah i'll have to check it out i'll have to check it out uh let's see mona chris dixon weighed in with an answer that i thought was fantastic uh he, he says um is there one where a river runs by all day long that one or maybe just the real thing and that's kind of where i fell like if i had to choose one movie i like so many like i i kind of wanted to say memento i kind of wanted to say stepbrothers i kind of wanted to say full metal jacket like i kind of wanted to say a lot of movies um, but nothing was really the one that I wanted to watch the rest of my life. So I think I would just pass. Uh, Chris Dixon nailed it with, is there a river that runs by all day uh, or the real thing? Yeah. I'll take nature movie. I'll take nature movie. Uh, Blueberry Texas says, uh, he never really thought about it much. And maybe Tombstone. Tombstone be good. Tombstone's qu quality. Uh, Pip and I is uh, rolling in in the live comments with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, Holy Grail or Life of Brian. Yeah, yeah, that, that could be there. Um, 
yeah. Monty Python, Monty Python stuff is pretty good. I uh, really, I enjoyed that. Um, Mel Brooks. Oh man, man, going down a long road there with Mel Brooks. Um, maybe Blazing Saddles, so we can preserve it for for, for, for posterity. Uh, can you imagine trying to trying to play that in a theater these days? If you've seen it, hmm, interesting. And then I wanted to uh, let's see over on Noster. That one uh, got a comment over on Noster, and Matthias says, um, Goodwill Hunting's up there, really funny, good theatric content, excellent acting and performance. I like it. I like it. Goodwill Hunting, I hadn't had that. I mean, when he said it, it uh, it made sense. It made sense for sure. Um, Pippinai says, guess whose birthday is tomorrow? Mel Brooks. How about that? How about that? Mel Brooks. What a genius that guy was. Ah, so Martinson family says, well needed thunderstorms this morning. So it's a beautiful morning. When you need the rain, the rain, uh, the rain is definitely a welcome sight. Well, that was all the answers, all the movies. And um, I appreciate the list. I think it's going to got some got some movies on the list that I have to uh, check out or refresh my memory on because I thought, uh, man, I can't think of one, so might as well look, watch some on the other people's lists. I appreciate all the answers. If you want to weigh in on the perfect cup question of the day, and uh, just find me on socials. That can be on Facebook, Twitter, MeWe, LinkedIn, or Noster, or the easiest way and the guaranteed way to get your comments seen is to head over to the Telegram channel at t.me slash L-O-T-S feed f-e-e-d lots feed find that perfect cup question hit comment and leave your answer and i will be sure to share it the next day then another episode and now back to the main show martinson family did you did you choose to show up this morning because it's tinfoil tuesdays is this uh is this a um is this a special special join us or is it because there's thunderstorms and you can't get outside I saw you last night. I appreciate everybody jumping in and watching that interview interview with Ryan, the Homestead Consultant. He was uh, a great chat. Uh, he's local local here in Tennessee, but uh, more than that, we were local to each other up in Minnesota and didn't uh, didn't even realize it. Uh, well, I didn't realize it. He may have. Uh, he said it in his bio. He uh, he had said he was from Wisconsin, and I was like, oh, well, close enough. And then it, before we went live, it's like, yeah, I was in uh, in the West suburbs. I was like, oh shit, really? And uh, so we got talking about that. And so cool. That was cool. Uh, if you didn't catch it last night live, be sure to listen to lots to talk about with Ryan Steva, the Homestead Consultant. <coughs> All right. Pip. Pip put his time, energy, and efforts, blood, sweat, and tears into the history segment. So we're going to move on to that next. And let me pull it up here. <clears throat> By the way, guys. Back when, uh, back in November, I think it was November when we got our new chairs, December, we ordered the wrong ones. Like, I was suspicious of it after we got them, and I think I mentioned it. Yeah, they're definitely the wrong ones. These chairs are not good. If you're going to buy this brand of chair that I that I told you I got, I don't remember what it was, get the more expensive one because it is definitely, definitely worth it. 
Ah, Martinson family got to drive to the city for a doctor appointment, so they got lucky. Yeah, you did. You did. You picked a good day, man. You picked a good day. <laughs> All right, let's get to that history segment brought to you by Pip. Uh, he prepares this every day. Uh, duction cups, man. He takes a minute or two away from duction cups and, and puts this history segment together for us. So give them some love. If you enjoy it, head on over to ductioncups.com and uh, see what they got. Grab some ducks, grab some cups, grab some boards, grab some merch, or just say hi. Hit that contact. Say, hey, heard you on the Lots Project podcast, and thanks for doing that history segment, Pip. We appreciate it. I want to flood the inbox. Now, don't go spamming them or anything, but just let them know. Let them know you're hearing it out here on the airwaves. Anyway, Taco Tuesday. Hello, happy Taco Tuesday, humans. Allow me to cheers to Canadian Farmstead segment. Past the foil and the popcorn, but before that happens, here's lots of history for today, June 27th. June 27th, 1954, the Obninsk nuclear power plant in Soviet Union's first not nuclear power station opens in Obninsk near Moscow. Connected to the power grid in June 1954, Obnisk was the first grid-connected nuclear power plant in the world, i.e. the first, the first nuclear reactor that produced electricity, industrial, albeit at a small scale. It remained in operation between 1954 and 2002, although its production of electricity for the grid ceased in 1999. Thereafter, it functioned as a research and isotope production plant only. What would we be doing with radioactive isotopes, I wonder? Hmm. This day, June 27th, 1982, Space Shuttle Columbia launched from the Kennedy Space Center on the final research and development flight mission STS-4, crewed by Ken Mattingly and Henry Hartsfield. The mission launched on June 27th, 1982 and landed a week later on July 4th, 1982. Due to parachute malfunctions, the SRBs were not recovered. STS-4 was the final test flight for the space shuttle. It was thereafter officially declared to be operational. Columbia carried numerous scientific payloads during the mission, as well as military missile detection systems. Pips notes, Columbia was flown on 28 missions in the space shuttle's program, spending over 300 days in space and completing over 4,000 orbits around the Earth. 28 missions completed. But what if the Earth is flat, Pip? This day, June 27th, 2013, NASA launches the Interface Region Imaging Spectrograph, a space probe to observe the sun. IRIS is intended to advance sun-earth connection studies by tracing the flow of energy and plasma into the corona, corona and heliosphere for which no suitable observation exists. We're going to mess with the sun next. That's a good idea. Happy birthdays. This day, June 27th, 1838, Paul Mauser, German weapon designer, designer, uh, design the Grusher, a <laughs> Pipstones, the dude designed five rifles, two pistols, and two bullet caliber designs. I had a seven millimeter Mauser years ago. Damn thing kicked like a mule on a Coke bender. Yeah, yeah, the old Mausers. Mauser. Wowzer, Mauser. Uh, this day, June 27th, 1869, Hans Spurman, German embryologist and academic Nobel Prize laureate, a German embryologist who was awarded a Nobel Prize in physiologic, 
physiology or medicine in 1935 for his student Hilde Mangold's discovery of the effect not known as effect now known as embryonic induction or influence exercised by various parts of the embryo that directs the development of groups of cells into particular tissues and organs. Huh. Spiegelman added his name as the author to Hilde Mangold's dissertation, although she objected and won the Nobel Prize for her work. <laughs> Pips knows. Yes, we know it's your good idea. That's why it's now my great idea. You may go now. <laughs> Silly women can't do science. Oh, man. Leave it to a guy. This June 27, 1930, Ross Perot, American businessman and politician. Perot also became heavily involved in the Vietnam War, POW MIA issue, arguing that hundreds of American servicemen were left behind in Southeast Asia after the Vietnam War. Weird. During the presidency of George H.W. Bush, Perot became increasingly active in politics and strongly opposed the Gulf War and ratification of the North American Free Trade Agreement. Oh, let's see who died. Who died today? June 27th, 1829. James Smithson, English chemist and mineralogist. An English chemist and mineralogist, he published numerous scientific papers for the Royal Society during the early 1800s, as well as defining calamine, which would eventually be renamed after him as Smithsonite. Samsonite? He was the founding donor of the Smithsonian Institution, which also bears his name. Smithson never married and had no children. Therefore, when he wrote his will, he left his estate to his nephew or his nephew's family if his nephew died before Smithson. Smithson's will stipulated that his estate be used to found in Washington under the name Smithsonian Institute, an establishment for the increase and diffusion of knowledge among men. Pips notes. Talk about a legacy set in motion. Yes. Yes. Imagine that. Imagine having the funds to set up something and go, yep, I want to just start a whole museum. Wait, that museum isn't big enough. I need seven buildings or however many are down there at this point. Uh, let's see who kicked off on 19, in 1935, June 27th, 1935. French inventor, <laughs> a French inventor instrumental in the technology development of the history of cinema. Laos also worked on the idea for a combustible gasoline engine. He did develop a working model in the 1890s, but gave up when told that such a noisy device would never be widely used. He needed a muffler. He then worked with Major Woodville Latham, for whom he engineered the idle scope ideoloscope and assisted with the design of the Latham loop. Oh, I don't know what these things are. By age 23, he, he held 53 French patents. He emigrated to the United States in 1886, where he worked as an assistant to French-born William Kennedy Laurie Dickinson at the Edison Laboratories. Laos continued to develop uh, the development of leading predecessor to the motion picture projector, the kinetoscope and invention and invention for which Edison would claim credit. 
Blaus left Edison in 1892. That cocksucker, I tell you, he stole everybody's ideas. Pips notes, when Tommy Edison steals or claims credit for your invention, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, Thomas Edison was uh, was a piece of shit from what I understand. He, uh, he stole all sorts of stuff. Weird, weird. Oh, let's hold him up as the greatest inventor in history. Uh, 1975, June 27th, uh, G.I. Taylor, English mathematician and physicist, a notable British physicist and mathematician and a major figure in fluid dynamics and wave theory. Taylor was sent to the United States in 1945, 44 and 45, as part of, of a British delegation to the Manhattan Project. At Los Alamos, Taylor helped solve implosion instability problems in the development of atomic weapons, particularly the plutonium bomb used in Nagasaki on the 9th of August, 1945. Between the ages of 78 and 83, Taylor wrote six papers on hydro electrohydrodynamics. In his work, he returned to his interest in electricity activity in thunderstorms as jets of conducting liquid motivated by... Interest in electrical activity in thunderstorms as jets of con conducting liquid motivated by electrical fields. The cone from which such jets are observed is called the Taylor cone after him. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> Pip's notes, I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure it's important. <laughs> Did you see me trying to dig into it? <laughs> I'm like, wait, I have to understand this. <laughs> I have no idea what he was talking about. Holidays, what do we have on June 27th? June 27th is Mixed Race Day in Brazil. Mixed Race Day marks the election of 27 mixed race representatives during the conference for the promotion of equal, racially equal equality, which occurred in the city of Manus, Manus from April 7th to 9th, 2005. Okay. Helen Keller Day in the United States. Didn't see that one coming. The holiday observance was created by presidential proclamation in 2006, as well as international organizations, particularly those helping the blind and the deaf. The holiday is generally known for its fashion show held on June 27th annually for fundraising purposes. A fashion show to honor a blind woman. Hmm. Great idea. Uh, National PTSD Awareness Day in the United States. In the U.S., 6.8% of all adults will experience PTSD in their lifetimes, with women twice as likely as men to experience it, 10.4% uh, to 5%, frequently as the result of sexual traumas. Veterans are another group highly, uh, highly likely to experience PTSD during their lives, with Vietnam War veterans at 30%, Gulf War veterans at 10%, and Iraq War veterans at 14%. Pips notes, there should not be effing 22 a day, period. And that's another history segment. Check on your people with PTSD. Thank you, Pip. Happy Tuesday, humans, and eat more tacos. Taco Tuesday. All right, guys, that's another history segment. Lots of history prepared by Pip over at DuctionCups.com. Go check yourself some ducks. Go find yourself some cups. Find yourself a Plugsy. Put it on your coffee cup. Your wife will think you're nuts. I don't think that Corey thinks I'm nuts because I have a duck or a, a pig duck on my coffee cup. Probably way more better reasons for that, huh? <laughs> she says yes. 
Uh, let's see where Canadian Farmstead says uh, the Smithsonian ties right into the conspiracy section. I uh, says the Smithsonian is where they keep the artifacts they don't want us to see. You do. You're in Canada, my man. You are in Canada for sure. And uh, you're all bummed out about all these uh, U.S. conspiracy theories. <coughs> well, guys. Well, guys. We've kind of waited for it for all of less than a day because I think it was yesterday that I decided I was going to do this. But we're going to try this out. I don't know how many weeks it'll happen. Uh, Tinfoil Tuesdays sound like a good idea. So I wish Kyle was here. He was all excited about it. We don't know what he's going on with him. Backwoods Butcher is not in the audience as far as I can see. He's going to miss this. And uh, he's probably going to be sad about it. He's probably going to be sad about it. If anybody's got the butcher's number, you better give him a call. Tell him it's about to start. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Anyway, here we go. Regardless of what you may have read in the tabloids, there have never been any spacecraft recovered by our government. Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. ...to find out what exactly happened on 9-11. How did they know who did this so quickly like they did Lee Harvey Oswald? How quick they knew Lee Harvey Oswald well, we killed Kennedy. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Tin Foil Tuesdays. I got my helmet on. The aliens and the government will not be reading my mind today because we are talking conspiracy theories. And sipping coffee. Thank you, Corey, for making my tinfoil, my tinfoil hat, my tinfoil helmet. It is nice and hard, guys. They're not gonna get I do have a unicorn setting just in case we gotta go full unicorn. You're not gonna be able to see it, but I got a little horn. This is my beautiful tinfoil hat for tinfoil Tuesdays. Pippin Eyes likes the hat. Thank you, sir. Um, today, we're talking conspiracy theories revolving around the Titanic, uh, the original Titanic that went to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, what was the exact date on that? Excuse me, April 14th, 1912. 1912, we're still, we're already talking conspiracy theories. We're going to be talking deep state. We're going to be talking insurance fraud. We're going to be talking about ghosts and goblins, all sorts of things. <laughs> Canadian Farm says Corey is trying to turn you into her little armored one. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Renegade Butcher says it's a real tinfoil hat. Well, we don't fake things here on the Lost Project podcast. <laughs> All right, guys, let's hit the conspiracy theories revolving around the Titanic. I, I searched the web far and wide. It's not really on. Um, it's not really. Uh, it's not really new in the news, any new conspiracies. No one's coming up with brand news about the actual sinking of the Titanic. Now, the shitstorm going around the whole submarine thing, uh, that will probably be covered in the future. But I'm going to let that flesh out for a while. Let them get uh, installed in their uh, in their new lines of thinking with the, with the submarine. Let's hit the old original Titanic dropping to the bottom of the ocean. And I found 10, 10, if we can hit them, conspiracy theories that 
what happened with the Titanic. Number one, number one is that it was an inside job to collect insurance money and that the Titanic isn't actually on the bottom of the ocean, that it is the Olympic, the Olympic, excuse me, is it the Olympic or the Olympia? I uh, cut off my notes here. I will, I can, it's right here. Uh, Olympic, excuse me. I I didn't want to misquote uh, because you know, why, why would we think that um, somebody would sail a different boat disguised as the, the Titanic out into the middle of the ocean, dump it into the bottom with a bunch of people on it and all their luggage. Why, why would they just not sail the Titanic? So the conspiracy theory goes is that in the week before the Titanic set sail, they took its sister ship, the Olympic, and retrofitted it to look like the Titanic, all in a ploy to collect insurance money. Real problem with the conspiracy theory is that it cost more to retrofit the, the, the ship. The ship was not even close to the same size. The hull design was completely different. There's no way they could have done it in a week regardless. But even if they did, it would have cost more to do it than they would have got out of it. I think that one might be a little weak. I don't think it's going to stand on its merits. But conspiracy theory number one was that it was an insurance job. Oh, let's see. Number nine. We're counting down. Number nine. The Titanic sinking was part of an elaborate murder plot. You got a name coming up. You got a name coming up in the news right now. Right now, again, second time revolving around uh, the Titanic and now revolving around Epstein. Uh, J.P. Morgan, that son of a bitch, that guy, J.P. Morgan, they're wondering if possibly he set it all up. It was a big old murder plot. Uh, the story goes, J.P. Morgan owned uh, the company that owned the company that built the Titanic. The man was heavily involved in the building. He was excited to go on the maiden voyage. He had a suite booked. He decided to cancel last minute. Actually, his suite had like custom made things for him with cigar holders in the bath, a balcony out over looking like it was a pretty big deal. They made it specifically for him. Sorry, my tinfoil hat is a little uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> it's starting to conduct electricity, I think. <laughs> um, anyway, he had a suite built especially for him. I, and um, yeah, then he canceled last minute. But weird, oddly enough, there were a bunch of people on that boat, very, very rich people. Imagine that. It's the Titanic. It was supposed to be the, the mothership of all motherships. A lot of rich people on there that may have been opposed to something that old J.P. Morgan was trying to get done. Namely, the Federal Reserve. Gutenheim, uh, some other very, very wealthy people that may or may not have been opposed to the Federal Reserve, may or may not have had quite a few influence opposed to J.P. Morgan, may or may not have been on that boat, and J.P. Morgan decided not, not to jump on that ship. And he, <laughs> he, he decided to pass, and the ship ended up on the bottom of the ocean, and we all know what happened with the Federal Reserve. Was it a big old murder plot? We don't know. We don't know. Renegade Butcher thinks that the hat seems to be helping the, the Starlink stability. <laughs> Maybe I need to wear it every day. 
Oh, yeah. So I actually, as I read through, and these were put in a list of, um, this was in a list of probability, I believe, probability of the conspiracy theory being true. Uh, I was 10 through one. I started with 10. So they're thinking that this switch out was unlikely. And I think that's probably unlikely seeing that uh, the Olympic is they, it was still around after the fact. I they would have had to done the double switch on two boats. Yeah. Okay. JP Morgan uh drowning people uh to get the Federal Reserve in, although I think he was a nasty person, um, cutthroat and ruthless by all uh accounts that I can come up with. He I don't know if that happened. I don't know. There were there were reports that some of the people that the the theorists are are pointing to that they're saying he drowned him, he killed him, he killed him. Uh, some of them were actually in favor of the Federal Reserve. So does the does the does the theory hold water? Eh, about as much as the Titanic. Oh, that's just bad. That's bad. Let's get to number eight. Number was there was a cursed mummy theory. Yeah. Yeah, ghosts, ghosts, curses, um, mummies. There was the remains of a Egyptian mummy on the bridge uh, being transported to the United States to go into a museum. Some people claim that maybe that mummy was not real excited about going to the United States. Maybe that mummy really wasn't that excited about not being in its tomb. And maybe that mummy wanted to be at the bottom of the ocean, so the mummy sunk the boat. Now... When you get into the realm of conspiracy theories, you hear some weird shit, but then you throw in some paranormal ghost bullshit on top of it, and I think you end up at number eight on the list of probabilities of conspiracy theories that sunk the Titanic. I don't know. Maybe we can jettison that one up to number 10 and shift everything down. Mummy. Mummy on board. <laughs> Is that instead of babies on board? Mummy on board. <laughs> oh, number seven. Number seven says that there was a German U-boat torpedoed, a German U-boat that torpedoed the Titanic. Uh, <laughs> um, Canadian Farm says, says the cursed mummy can't be more likely than the J.P. Morgan Fed theory. I I do agree. Uh, I didn't make the list, man. I didn't make the list, so I I, I believe we can figure out where we want to shuffle these and uh, maybe vote on the most likely occurrence. Number seven, number seven was a German U-boat torpedoed the Titanic. Uh, they're saying that in 1912, was that 1912, April 14th, 1912. The Germans are shooting down, are shooting uh, ships out of the water. The, the the story went that, you know, it was one of the biggest technological marvels and it was just going to be a stain on the United States and uh, Britain to uh, sink that bitch in, in the ocean. People, their, their claims, the people that are claiming this are claiming that they heard explosions as the, sh the boat was sinking. No shit, really? Um, something hits an iceberg or whatever happens and uh, things start blowing up? Weird. As a ship is breaking apart and falling into the ocean, things are blowing up? Weird. I can't believe it. Um, maybe there was a... It must have been a torpedo. Must have been a torpedo. Yeah. There's no big torpedo hole in the side. I believe a torpedo hit 
the hit the Titanic about as much as I believe that a plane hit the Pentagon. <laughs> Number five, six, excuse me, six. The sinking was the result of sabotage. What? Sabotage? Let me find my notes. Sabotage. Belfast shipmakers, excuse me, Belfast shipyard shipbuilders Harland and Wolf have been the focus of several conspiracy theories. As one story goes, Catholic workers, this was my favorite. This is my favorite, guys. Catholic workers were horrified that the ship's hull number, 3909-04, seemed to spell out no pope if read backwards, which it would if you were stamping it, if you were on the other side of the hull. If read backwards, it read no pope. The Titanic, there was big trouble with this conspiracy theory after it started coming out, though, because the Titanic was assigned to yard number 401, and her official hull number was... 131428. So the 309-390904 seems to have been plucked out of the air. Weird. There's a conspiracy theory that has no no basis whatsoever in um <laughs> there was no there was no <laughs> number. They just made it up. This fucking made it up. Yeah, it was those Catholics. They sunk to Titanic because there was no Pope written backwards in the hall number. What the fuck? Where where do you come up with this? Where do you just pull this out of the blue? Like, man, I wish I had this imagination. Uh, Renegade Butcher says, I think there was burning jet fuel that melted the I-beams of the Titanic. I think so. I think the Germans might have flew an I-boat into the, into the Titanic from the sky and it melted all the I-beams in the hull. And uh, Josh says that this is hashtag Pope fiction. Wow. Wow. Maybe we'll change this from conspiracy theory, tinfoil Tuesdays, to, man, this is really bad puns and jokes time on the Lots Project podcast. Uh, so that was uh, sabotage. Uh, and then the second theory revolving around the shipbuilders that I saw was that they substandard rivets to cut costs now as i started reading this i was like well that's that's probably legitimate that's possibility we could we could go with that substandard rivet I think this is it. I think we found out which is the truth. We found the truth. <laughs> Substandard rivets. So I have to get uh, I have to get the the actual materials because I was reading this and I was like, ah, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. So if, uh, supposedly they used wrought iron rivets instead of steel rivets when uh, they were building the Titanic. Oh, I need to lean the hat forward so it's like a helmet. Corey said that that didn't work because then it, you couldn't see my face. But I think that works. I think that works. <laughs> uh, so they used wrought iron rivets instead of steel rivets. Then when they got out into the cold ocean, they shrunk because they were uh, they were less ferrous. 
believe that's uh, that's the term. Uh, I know what ferrous means, but I think less uh, the, the less ferrous metals will shrink more. Um, and there just wasn't as strong under the brittle cold conditions. And they started popping out. Now, this was, um, oh, Canadian Farm says he thinks for the Starlink. I got it. No, I think I actually got to the right conspiracy. Uh, it's the rivets. Unfortunately for the, the the conspiracy that they were trying to save money, there was literally an unlimited budget for the building of the Titanic. Now, you think that shoots it out of the water. You think it U-boats it right out of the water. But riddle me this. If the shipbuilder had an unlimited budget and I was the guy sourcing materials... And I took and said, I'm putting steel rivets in. I am putting steel rivets in. I get them to pay for the steel rivets. And then I put in the wrought iron rivets and I pocket the difference. Canadian Farmstead nailed it. We might have a winner, folks. We might have a winner. At least it's in the running. Hey, Backwoods Butcher, you showed up. Thanks, thanks. Um... And, uh, <laughs> and Philippine Nomad, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hope you're doing great. Uh, let's see. So that was number five. That was number five was the substandard rivets were used to cut costs. And I don't think it was to cut costs. I think Farmstead and I nailed it. Uh, the dude was swiping the money, put in the shitty rivets, and he laughed his way all the way to the other side of the country. Uh, Jesus, Josh must have had his coffee this morning. He quays in with Ferris boats first day out, unplanned riveting deep sea dive. <laughs> wow, wow. <coughs> Let's get to number four. Let's get to number four. Uh, the Titanic's captain was under pressure to create a new speed record. Oh, we really bulked this one up. Uh, James Cameron must have thought that this was uh, definitely. Uh, one of the, the factors that caused it. Uh, he played it up in the movie. He played it up in the movie hard. Um, yeah, there's no actual proof of this. They looked into it. They looked at the logs, and I believe they weren't even close to... Uh, they wouldn't have been close. There would have been no even reason to attempt it, from what I read. Uh, but the one thing they say is the dude that... Uh, the, the promoter for it... Uh, was the last guy off onto a onto a boat, onto a boat uh, when there was going to be thousands of people left on without a, a seat. The guy that said "get on my boat" decided to jump off. They wondered if he may have caused it by pushing this. I don't know. I don't know. It seems pretty debunked. Um, they never recovered the captain's body. They never recovered it. You don't know what happened. Is he still alive? Did he make it on one of those? Did he stay with the ship? Did he stay in the in the in the um, in the captain's quarters? Uh, did he stay with the the wheel of the boat like the movie showed? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know if necessarily he was trying to set a speed record. We see it in the movies, but from what I dug in and from the articles that I read, uh, it probably was not a factor, although it is up there pretty high on the list in these uh, conspiracy theorists' estimation. Maybe he was trying to go too fast. 
maybe he likes Talladega Nights too because he understands if you're not first, you're last. Let's see. The official inquiries were a Freemason whitewash. That's the number three theory that all of this shit, all of this shit that we're arguing about, yeah, probably most of it's true. And the reason we can't figure it out is because all the investigations and all the evidence proving any of this was whitewashed by the Freemasons. Always those damn Masons, the Illuminati, somebody is turning the frogs gay and covering up the Titanic. There can't be that many rich people that go down on a boat without some sort of problem. What is going on? <laughs> Renegade Butcher says, my favorite conspiracy theory is that Kate Winslet was never actually on the boat and her bosoms were never even part of the trip. I mean, if Kate Winslet's bosoms were part of the trip, I'm sure you could have got a lot more people to pay a lot more money to be on that trip. <laughs> Backwoods Butcher says the captain survived and adopted a little orphan named Annie. Hmm. The timeline works out, I think. The timeline definitely works out. Um, yeah, so I'm not big into the Masons, Illuminati, uh, whitewashing history, things like that. But maybe, maybe. There were a lot of powerful Masons, for sure. Let's move on to the two that I think are um, are most likely, which would make them not really conspiracies, I guess. I guess it would if, um, if they're not proven true. Uh, there was coal fire burning theory. Coal fire burning. Uh, the ship was coal fired, steam, boat. Uh, and... Um, so what would happen, I guess, in these in the boiler rooms is the coal would uh, spontaneously combust. So you'd have these big boilers. It's super hot down there. You see it in the movie. They almost got that right. Uh, these big piles of coal would get hot enough to spontaneously combust. They also would um, just start on fire. So they had to either move them, get them to go out, add them to the boiler, do something with the fire. It was alleged that there was one of these fires that broke out in one of the boiler in one of the coal storages several days before the ship unnoticed because the ship wasn't underway and there wasn't enough um enough things going on for them to notice it quick enough that the heat might have weakened the hull causing the more damage when the an iceberg hit the hull uh, that it should have bounced off. It didn't because of the fact that the steel had been weakened by a coal fire. No, I mean, this is this is now not going down the line of crazy, at least. The fact that we're going to be using science and physics and metallurgy and realizing that when heat, when metal heats up and cools off and heats up and... <laughs> and cools off then it's going to weaken and then in a cold ocean it hits ice and man it's brittle weird i think this is a plausible theory i think this uh did not help the situation if true and uh, from all reports it sounds like there was definitely a fire in the coal bins prior to leaving they are unclear whether it was still raging when the ship took off or not but when a ship is scheduled to leave it leaves uh fire or not so that was number two. I'm leaning at that one for sure. 
And the number one on this list that I found was the perfect storm theory. This kind of ties in the, the rivets. It ties in the coal fire. It ties in quite a bit of other things. Um, basically, the perfect storm theory is there was a fire. It weakened the hull. The rivets were inferior. They were out in a very cold ocean, and they happened to run across some, uh, some ice that necessarily it was called shelf ice, I believe, and not an iceberg where it basically didn't have the pointy thing that stuck up into the ocean. It was more flat. Um, it, um, it causes optical illusions in the night sky with the moon, with ship lights. Uh, it appears nice and tall, like an iceberg in different locations. Uh, it takes into account different, uh, perspe perspectives of different people's reports of how tall the iceberg was. It all kind of makes sense. Perfect storm, hull weakened, lesser grade rivets, cold water, iceberg boom maybe going a little fast they said that there was a possibility that there was such a large coal fire in the in the boiler rooms that they were shoveling the coal into the boilers because they were on fire causing the ship to speed up unaware to the captain just trying to uh to put the fire out or consume the coal that was on fire and this is a common occurrence underway um, that they would just shovel more, uh, and it just happened to be the perfect storm. I like that for number one on the list. I like it. I like it. What do you guys think? Was it an inside job to collect insurance money? Uh, was it a murder plot, cursed mummy theory, German U-boat torpedoed that shit? The sinking was a result of sabotage, were the rivets used to cut costs? The Titanic's captain was going too fast. Did the Freemasons make it all disappear? Was there a coal fire that weakened the hull, or was there just a perfect storm? I don't think we'll ever know. I don't think we'll ever know. We'll be able to talk about these conspiracy theories for the rest of time. And that, guys, is another, oh, another, the inaugural edition of Tinfoil Tuesdays. If you have a suggestion for a conspiracy theory you'd like to discuss next Tuesday, let me know some way. Send me a message. Uh, maybe a radio signal, um, encrypted message, whatever you want. That's Tinfoil Tuesdays, Conspiracy Theories on the Sinking of the Titanic. Let's get on. Let's uh, let's wrap this up for today. Let's hit that item of the day. Is the Crescent two-piece, two-piece, six-inch, four-in-one, black side, black side ratcheting wrench set. They're fantastic. They're great for um, their... Uh, Hey, book, hey, Butcher. Hey, Butcher. You said I didn't talk about the theory that they isn't even an actual Titanic. How about you wake up before 6.38 and, um, and join the show? That was the first one I talked about. Man. Man. Guy shows up late and thinks he heard everything. <laughs> anyway, item of the day. Crescent two-piece, six-inch uh, ratcheting box wrenches. And... Um, and yes, they're fantastic. Uh, they replace a whole ratchet set. They replace a whole box box wrench set. It's two wrenches in. Uh, it's like eight wrenches in two. It's great. I love them, and I bought multiple sets. I've had other people buy them and and recommend them highly. And that's the item of the day. Check that out. Uh, video or uh, 
Amazon link and a review link are in the video description and the audio description. Click those. And even if you don't need those box wrenches today, but you got a shop on Amazon, I would appreciate it if you hit an Amazon link for us. It gets you into our tracking and we get a little credit for all the items you buy. Uh, let's see. Last night was Ryan Steva, the Homestead Consultant. It was a great interview. I really enjoyed it. And then coming up on Thursday night on Lots to Talk About, I have another live Thursday edition. Uh, Mike Martin talking about uh, his project, uh, Mindfully Outdoors, uh, Project Mindfully Outdoors. And uh, yeah, just healing through nature, which I think is a very good theme for this show because we are healing through nature. <laughs> Sorry, K-Box says he still doesn't know why it's called a box wrench. Because it boxes in the end of the, the, the head of the bolt. You box it in. Maybe. I don't know. This one, uh, <laughs> they come in boxes. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with others. You can find it at thelotsproject.com on Noster, Telegram, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, Rumble, and Instagram. Be sure to listen on one of your favorite podcasts, 2.0 Value for Value podcast players like Podverse or Fountain.fm. Make it a great day, guys, and we will catch up with you tomorrow.